0: Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Boyson, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all my listeners, as I always do every time I've come on this show for 10 years now, uh, interviewing authors about their books, their journey, uh, and their personal experiences. And I was recently in an event uh, in Carlsbad, California, that David Meltzer uh, put on, uh it's about his coaching program and we've interviewed David Meltzer you can check that out in uh, one of the podcasts and i met Peter Scott the 4th and Peter Scott is the founder of the fearless mindset academy and he also has a best selling book called the fearless mindset good day to you Peter how are
1: you I am wonderful, Greg. Thank you so much for inviting me to uh, share my message and be interviewed on your show. I can't believe you've been running this for 10 years. That's incredible.
0: 10 years, and people can't believe it when uh, they say, what's your ranking? And uh, the reality is, I think it's just because of the age of the show. So when people look at Google Analytics, they're like, Geez, you know, you got that ranking. How did you get that? I said perseverance, perseverance. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Right. Consistency. Right. Consistency.
0: (laughs) So, um, I'm going to let my listeners know a little bit about you. Uh, Peter is, has been dedicated his life to empowering entrepreneurs to overcome their fears and holding them back from making the impact and the income they desire. Uh, Peter started his uh, success journey basically going back to the days when he was an investment banker, overweight, challenged, uh, was really not feeling good about himself, and he got out of that, and he started working for a, a firm in uh, Chicago called Lifebook. Many of you might know Lifebook. Uh It's owned by a guy by the name of John Butcher, and that has been around for some time, and I guarantee you that Peter picked up a lot of what he knows From working for Lifebook. Uh, And if you guys want to check them out, uh, you can uh, check out their website at uh, mylifebook.com. I've known about John for some time. He's probably one of the people I haven't interviewed. Um, And despite the successful years of being at Lifebook, Peter had his own calling to come out here and share his message with the world. So he left that security of the paycheck behind and moved from Chicago to San Diego and now has launched his own uh, business, and you can find him at www.thefearlessmindset.com. Uh, it's the thefearlessmindsetbook.com, that's another website, thefearlesslifeexperience.com, and he's got a Facebook, and we'll put all these links up there. Well, Peter, you know, you have a really interesting story, and I always mm-hmm. think it's because of people's story that they have an opportunity to break through a lot of these self-imposed barriers. And when you were 10 years old, uh, you were in uh, this cold, gray room with your grandparents and your mother. Mm -hmm. Your mother's addiction to alcohol, just, she'd been in and out of rehab three times, you said, and you had to make a decision to actually um, choose your mom over -hmm. your grandparents. And you made that choice because you didn't think your mom was going to overcome this addiction to alcohol to mm-hmm. go with your grandparents. That's a pretty uh, strong decision for a 10 year old boy to make. Tell me how you think that decision helped to remove many of your own self
1: imposed fears. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think, Greg, that it it both created some and removed them. You know, growing up with a a mother who loved me dearly but battled alcoholism was a really tough childhood. You know, I, I, I call the chapter in my book Raised in Chaos because that's how it felt. And, you know, I remember sitting down in the courtroom and having to literally look into my mom's eyes and tell her that I no longer felt safe living with her because of her alcoholism. And at 10 years old, I mean, there's no way of me knowing how that was going to impact my life at the time, right? Uh, But I was very blessed to have grandparents who who really – Took care of me who really provided strength and security for me. And in that moment, I felt safe, even though I was completely terrified. I felt safe because they were there and I knew that I had some sort of security by living with them. Um, and I also knew at that age, I don't know how I knew this at that age, maybe because my grandparents told me, Greg, but I knew that my mom had to, had to lose me and my sister, in order to really make a decision to choose us over the bottle, because over and over again, she chose a bottle. And again, I don't want to throw my mom under the, the bus here. She's an extraordinary woman. She's been sober since then for 17 years now, which is extraordinary. But the real fear that was created at the time, and I want to share this because I think a lot of your listeners can relate to this, at the... That moment, I made a, a decision that telling the truth meant losing love. By telling my mom the truth that I no longer felt safe living with her, it meant I lost her love. And what it created was this inauthentic, people-pleasing version of myself. I sought love and approval and validation from everyone outside of me. And, you know, it even led me to, to start a career in something that I wasn't passionate about because my family approved of it. I wasn't necessarily passionate about investment banking, but my family absolutely, you know, knew that it was lucrative and knew that it looked good on paper. So I went into that. And, and I want to share that because I just want the listener to take away that they don't, you listening right now do not have to please your family, your friends, society you know you can actually do something that you love and build a business around it and have a far greater impact than you could ever imagine so i don't know if i answered your question there greg but you know the real distinction for me was was making that limiting belief that telling the truth meant losing love and i can tell more of my story but it didn't take you know it took me an additional 15 to 20 years you know around 29 years old is when i finally recognized that and and made a change to rewire that belief.
0: Well, and I think uh, rewiring your belief is really it, and you know, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, you and all the people that have interviewed over these 10 years, you know, it really comes down to it. We, ought, we spend up time making up stories about ourselves, and then we spend a lot of time unwinding those stories, which really aren't true, right? That's, that's... But we believe they're true, and so, you know, we live in a world of making stuff up, and that story about the fact that you thought you needed to take this job was just that. It was a story you told yourself that you believed, so you went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. And then you were miserable, so you had to undo the story and look where you are now. You're yeah. happy. So yeah. part of your situation, you know, I told the people your book was called The Fearless Mindset. The subtitle is The Entrepreneur's Guide to Get Fit in Less Time, Double Your Income and become unstoppable. Great long title. But, you know, <laughs> you you used to be this investment banker. You, you said you're in this uh, cubicle crunching numbers in Excel spreadsheets 90 hours a week. You're miserable. Uh, you, you show a picture of yourself in the book of being overweight. And obviously part of what you're doing is inspiring people to get fit and how much more energy they're going to have. Um, what is it that you do to help people shift their mindset about their own physical image and the importance of having that energy to be
1: an entrepreneur? Great question. The The first thing that I do, Greg, is I connect them with a very, very deep purpose or reason why they want to get fit. Because if, if you're listening to this and your reason for getting fit is simply to look better, then... I have to tell you, it's not going to be enough. It's not a deep enough reason. You know, if I just wanted to look better, then there's very, you know, there's 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 infinite opportunities for me to hit snooze in the morning at 5 a.m. when my alarm goes off, right, and choose not to go go to a workout. But if I connect to a deeper that's, or a purpose that's much deeper than that, something along the lines of, you know, one story that I tell is that, um, At 25 years old, my my father died, and he uh, he went on this five-year journey of giving up on life and literally drinking himself to death. And I remember the pain as his son feeling that over those five years of just watching him quit on life and watching his health deteriorate, and it broke my heart. And I made the decision after watching that to never let myself a loved one or anyone i come in contact with go through that same you know level of just giving up on life and at that time i was this overweight you know miserable investment banker and it really put life in perspective so purpose is the first thing the second thing is is getting really clear on on what it is that you're trying to create in your life and in your body like without that clarity you cannot do it so starting with purpose clarify you know, clarifying your vision. And then most important, Greg, and this is the big takeaway I want the listener to have, is to take that vision. Let's say this is where you want to be 90 days from now in your body. If that's where you if that's where you finish is just getting clear on that vision, that's not enough. You've got to break that down into daily habits, into rituals. And Greg, you've interviewed, you know, countless people over 10 years. You've heard this, and I don't want this to be just motivating. I want this to be, you know motivating enough and empowering enough to actually lead to execution and implementation in this listener's life because the big shift here is shifting your identity. It's getting this this habit that at first may require willpower or self-discipline and getting it to to what John Butcher, one of my mentors, the founder of LifeBook calls an unconscious structured rhythm. You don't even think about it. It's just who you are. Fitness for me is just who I am. I work out every single day, no matter what. I don't have to plan it in my schedule. I don't have to, you know, be held accountable. Now, when I started, I absolutely had to do those things. You know, having a coach and being held accountable is tremendously valuable. But to, you know, to, to, to kind of wrap up that or summarize that, it's getting clear on a deep purpose that that burning desire that drives you no matter what. It's getting clear on your vision, clarifying the outcome of what you want to create, and then breaking that down into to daily habits and rhythms and rituals and being held accountable to actually doing the work every day.
0: Well, and I think it's making those rituals be an ingrained part of your DNA. I know, as you <laughs> said, people can wake up in the morning and have uh, this excuse not to do something. Um, but like you said, there's certain things that we all do in life. You know, from taking a shower to, you know, using the restroom. That are things we have to do. This needs to be something that you need to do and make it part of your life. And I like how you've um, put that in your life and embedded it into just who Peter is. And I think Thank that's you. what you're saying is something that people um, go, hey, I like this. And find something you like doing. I think that's what I tell people. Like, yes. Look, if, it, if it's if you don't like running, if you don't like cycling, then you know go do yoga. And if you don't like yoga, go walk on the beach. And if you don't like that, then find something that at least uh- – Gets you doing, and I think it's really about finding the match between the exercise and the person.
1: Um, and it's to- so true, Greg, Greg. You hit the nail on the head. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I get so excited about this and passionate about this because so many people have this limiting belief that oh, fitness just isn't fun. Well no, that's not true. It's the form of fitness that you were taught that isn't fun, right? I remember living in Chicago and you know, it being you know, sub zero wind chills outside and I hired a personal trainer and his his routine that he gave me was to go run on a treadmill every day. And I don't care how great the results that I would have gotten from that, there's no way I would have done it because I just don't enjoy running on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Right. But when I found group classes, you know, moving to San Diego were blessed, right? Because of the weather, but to be, you know, surfing and playing beach volleyball and hiking and, and rock climbing, those are the things that I love that I'm literally moving and in motion every single day. So it's not like I have to go do this one workout routine, really get creative and figure out what you love doing, and you're going to stay more committed. Most definitely.
0: Now, you mentioned a minute ago about your father, and I know that, you know, you say he gave up on life and he was addicted to alcohol as well. Um you know, how did this, you know, after you finished college, you started your career, and it wasn't much into your career that you said that you were 25 and that that he passed away. You got a call one morning, you know, quickly mm-hmm. get here. And you'd have five calls prior to that as well. Mm-hmm. I know that he's, uh, that the, the fears that consumed his life really are the fears that killed him. Yes. Um, if you would... Um, express what you think those fears are. They're common fears, probably. It's just to what depth we choose to take them. And some people, you know, I was, I, I want to express this story because, you know, we were talking uh, about Robin Williams the other day, 63, mm-hmm. commit suicide. Mm-hmm. The fears that he had about dementia, this just came out, the fears that he had about a little bit of Parkinson's were greater than the value of his life. And, you know, he didn't want the world to see him with that because he would be less than who Robin Williams was. Talk about that if you
1: would. Wow, thank you for sharing that. I actually wasn't aware of that. Uh, but but I do want to speak on that for a second too afterwards. So, you know, the way I, I was able to to uncover, discover the fears that were running my my dad's life was that I remember walking into hospice, you know, on that phone call that I mentioned in the book, Greg. And I remember, you know, walking in and seeing him emaciated in bed. And this was my childhood hero, right? And after having made multiple trips back from the Midwest to Connecticut at the time, um, I knew this was it. You know, I could hear it in the doctor's voice. I, I, I saw it in in other family members in the room. And um, I remember walking up to my dad and asking him. Why? Why did he, he do this to himself? And, and why did he do this to me? I had a lot of anger, I had a lot of hatred towards him for, for giving up. And he looked at me and he said, Peter, because I'm afraid. And um, I had this underlying hunch that that you know, fear was there, but I didn't know that until he told me that. And what he was afraid of was, was not being enough. He was afraid of not living up to his parents' expectations. You know, my grandparents were are are incredible. Um, my grandfather was very, you know, successful, but there was a lot of pressure that my father grew up in, a lot of expectation, a lot of, you know, this is how you need to live your life, and this is the job that you've got to have, and all of this. And 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 my dad was a product of the '60s and and really revolted against that, um, but he had this deep underlying need to please and i could just hear it in his voice and that's exactly what i was doing at that stage of my life i was in investment banking because it pleased my family and so when that happened i realized oh my gosh this this fear that that you know, has now become conscious in my life that was a what I would call invisible script. It was an unconscious fear my entire life. And and until that moment I became aware of it in my own, that's when I made the commitment to to shift it in myself and to shift it in others. Because, you know, I always say that there are three types of people in this world. One is the type of person that knows that fear is stopping them and they're committed to doing something about it. The second type of person knows that fear is stopping them and they're unwilling to do anything about it. And the third person doesn't even realize fear is what's slowing them down or stopping them and I I say that and you know I know you have a lot of high achiever listeners here and and I want to speak to you because you know stress is just a high achiever's version of fear mm-hmm. it really is and if you know I can invite you to follow your your stress and, and we will find your fear so so it impacts everyone
0: well one thing I can say in doing this interview is it takes me back to the time when you know, <clears throat> I, was, uh, I was fear-strucken with uh, anxiety attacks. I couldn't even get out of my office. I, I would get uh, panic attacks inside of elevators. Uh, I wouldn't. I stopped going to see clients. I did a lot of things that, you know, and, and you talk about this because I want to get to this point. You said, <clears throat> and I'm a studier of this, I have a master's degree in spiritual psychology, and actually Fritz Pearl was one of the people... That um, I spent a lot of time studying and doing Gestalt therapies on people. And it says, Fear is excitement with breath. And you said that excitement immediately turns into fear if we hold our breath. I found through my own personal experiences that, you know, as soon as I started the biofeedback, which was, you know, putting the electrodes on the head and breathing and doing meditation, that all of that stopped. Let's talk about that for a minute because this is a really important point, is just getting in touch with our breath.
1: Breath is so powerful. It's, it's, the most, it's the most powerful thing in our life. And when we feel fear, you know, our body tenses up, our breath becomes shallow, our palms begin to sweat, and we have this natural reaction. Right, and you know, a mentor of mine introduced me to a, a brilliant distinction. His name was Jesse Elder, and uh, he said that there are two types of fear. In this word, there are there are rational fears that keep you alive, and there are irrational fears that keep you from living. And the problem, Greg, is that. They feel exactly the same in your body, whether, you know, whether somebody is breaking into your home in the middle of the night and you feel that fight or flight response, that fear is a good thing that keeps you alive. But that fear that people feel when they step on stage to share the message, you know, to speak in front of an audience, that feels exactly the same thing, and that's keeping them from living. So I love that quote that Fritz said of of fear is just excitement without the breath, because when you... Breathe. When you connect to oxygenating your body, that fear turns into excitement. And you've got to just, number one, have the awareness when you feel that fear. It could be fear of rejection. could be fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear of public speaking, whatever it is. Close your eyes and breathe deeply. Like I do this every time I step on stage. I, I I really get connected to my breath. I really get connected to the audience. And then I step out there and I focus on breathing deeply throughout that process to keep the fear subtle and keep the excitement up there. And it removes tension. You know, I I, uh, I came across recently this incredible thought that that back pain, right? Something that that impacts most people in their life isn't a structural problem you know it's actually uh, a manifestation of repressed emotions and it's something that um, is a result of tension and it's your body trying to hide these emotions or, or, or trying to express these emotions that you're hiding and when you start breathing, and oxygenating your body and, and cutting off the deprivation that you've done, your your back pain heals. It's incredible. Yeah, but it's it, it's it, true.
0: <laughs> well, it is and and I was just mentioning to my wife that I've been doing yoga classes now down at the local Y here for some yes. time. And I used to have shoulder pain, and it's all gone. And I used to have a little back pain, and it's all gone. And it is truly the breathing and the, the movement that you do in combination with that. Um, I remember uh, George Leonard. He's the founder of Estalon. We did several interviews. And he used to talk about integrative transformative therapy, and it's ITP. And it was a combination of Tai Chi, yoga, meditation, all wrapped into one, which really these people have been practicing for years, and it really just has done amazing things for people. Now, you know, let's talk about this for a minute. You ha- you identify in your book four major fears. You call them the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, or disapproval, the fear of the unknown, fear of financial poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the acronym that fear is false expectations appearing real. How do you help our listeners um, remove these fears when they come to one of your classes or one of your workshops for a weekend. What are you going to do to help them overcome those fears?
1: Great question. So, so there's a psychological approach, right? A mindset approach which is about 80% of it and there's a tactical or strategy approach which is about which is about 20% of it. Um, number one, I, I always believe in transforming fear into faith and I want to talk about the difference between the two because fear cannot exist, Greg, in the present moment. Fear doesn't exist in in the now it actually does not it's what fear is it's a it's a chaotic or painful well let's just say a chaotic projection of a painful future it's expecting something painful happening in the future and that's what that's what fear is having faith in the other hand on the other hand is is projecting a beautiful future is is trusting the process is having faith that things are going to work out so there's this distinction there that you know you can make a choice to do that when you when you bring awareness to what The fear is that's stopping you. Now, as a tactical approach, you know, one exercise that I do at my fearless life experience is I I put people in the experience of facing their fear of rejection. And this stops a lot of people in their business, it limits their income. And what I do is I always say that being fearless is not being without fear, being fearless is doing the thing that scares you. So, what I have them do, and I love this exercise because it's edgy, is I have them go out to a public place, you know, it could be a a shopping mall, a, a grocery store, whatever it is. And I have them give what I believe is the antithesis or the opposite of fear, and that's love. You, you literally cannot feel love and fear simultaneously. It's not possible. And so I have them go out and give unconditional love to 10 complete strangers. So what that looks like is maybe they go to a place, and they pick up a poster board, and they write a free hug sign, and they give out free hugs to complete strangers. Maybe they buy you know, some flowers from Whole Foods, and they walk out, and they hand flowers to complete strangers. And the neat thing about this exercise is no matter what, every single time, they will be rejected they will be rejected, and I want them to, because I want them to feel what that feels like. Because some people will welcome that expression of love, Greg, with open arms. Most people here in in North, North County, San Diego, will, right? Um, but some places, you know, people may be more closed off. People may think, "Oh, what's this person's agenda? Are they trying to sell me something? What are they doing?" And they'll, and they they won't even give them an opportunity. Right, And so I want them to realize that they still are living after the experience of being rejected. Rejection is unavoidable. If you're doing anything big in business and you're wanting to impact humanity, you will be rejected. You know, if, you, if you're on the path of success and you're, you know, you're on this journey of, of, of building a business or building your career, you will fail over and over and over again. So I put them in experiences where they actually fail. They get rejected. They experience judgment. One of my favorite exercises, and this is edgy, is to experience overcome the fear of judgment Is I have them lie down on the floor of a crowded coffee shop for up to two minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine walking into a crowded coffee shop and just lying down there and feeling the discomfort of having people stare at you. Yeah. <laughs> and when you do that, you just feel this, you know, like I said, and become unstoppable in my book. You feel unstoppable. You feel like you could do anything after that.
0: Yeah, it's it it you do have to take them to that position of being uncomfortable to get comfortable. Um I think a lot of it is something that's that's invisible you know we you can take fear which is normally invisible and you can make it quite visible and i think the techniques that you're using to help people get in touch with that feel that emotion because that's what it is, and actually be able to banish that emotion is are really good. Now, you quoted in your book that at the end of our lives, we're not going to be thinking about the money that we've made. We're going to be reflecting on how well we used the limited time we had on Earth. What is your time freedom formula?
1: So, uh, great question. So, my time freedom formula is, it's looking at... You know, there's a, another quote that I want to share um, as it relates to that, and that is by Carl Sandberg. And he said, um, Time is the only coin of life. And um, be careful with how, how you spend it, or someone else will spend it for you. And there's a trade off in everything. And so, what the time freedom formula is, is it's a way of bringing awareness to the things that you're doing in life that are adding value and the things that are, that are basically non essential. You know, one of the best things you could do, and what I would love the listener to do, you know, we talked about fitness in this. Now, many of the listeners may think, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know, I love the idea of working out, but I'm just too busy, right? Well, Richard Branson, you know, was asked once, um, what was the key to his success? And this is a billionaire, right? Someone who has incredible demand for his time. He said the secret to his success was exercising every single day. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that – and that's hard to believe. It's like how can this guy fi- you know, find the time to exercise? Or how, how does he have the time? He doesn't have the time. He created the time. So the, the time freedom formula is creating first what I call a stop-doing list. It's creating a list of things that do not add value to your life that are simply distractions Okay, and getting very clear on the things that are not moving you towards your life vision. It's amazing that we choose to watch reality TV shows and soap operas and sports games, and then we struggle, and, and we wonder why we're not making the impact, the income, why we're not in the best shape of our lives, why we don't have the, the most ideal love relationship we want. And that's because of where we're focusing. And so it's simply to bring awareness to what are the highest and best uses of your time, and how can you you know go from a place of actually enjoying this journey? I mean, Greg, you've been doing this for 10 years Ten years, like one of my favorite quotes is, "It takes ten years to become an overnight success." Right? You know, right, I've right. been building my business for three years, and it's so easy for me to fall into that trap of comparing myself to the Tony Robbins, the Sean Stevensons you know, the people that have been in the game for twenty to thirty years or more, and realize, listen, like, like. I am doing the right things and I'm getting the incremental results and there will be a moment, there will be moments of exponential, like these inflection points, but you've got to stay consistent. Same thing in your body, same thing in every area of your life. So so to answer your question, get clear on the things that are not adding value. Stop doing them, literally stop doing them and, 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 and declare this. Declare it to your spouse, your kids, your friends, your family. Let them know what you're committed to no longer doing. And I promise you, you will create freedom around time so that you can start doing the things that you love. Well,
0: that, that is good advice. And I think it is because, look, we all have the same amount of time on this planet. And some people get stuff done and others don't get it done. And it's really how you spend that time. And I love that Branson uh, statement about him exercising every day. And the reason yeah. is, is because there's so much demand on his energy. That when you do exercise, you find that the amount of energy you have goes up you know, almost a hundredfold. And when you don't, you become listless and you can't have the stamina. And the stamina comes from actually uh, doing the things that Branson is advocating and you're advocating. Now, you have a workshop yes. coming up next week. I want you to tell our listeners about the workshop, how they can sign up, uh, where you're going to hold that, and what the price of the workshop is
1: absolutely Greg thank you um, the ev- the event is called the the fearless life experience and it's a three-day experiential event so when i say experiential i mean this is not in your typical hotel ballroom uh, i hire surf instructors to take people out surfing to face their fear of the unknown which is what that fear is when you feel when you don't know what's underneath the uh, underneath the surface of the ocean <laughs> right underneath mm-hmm. the water um mm-hmm. i take them through very intense fitness workouts so that they tap into a level of power that they've never experienced you know they breakthroughs to be had in the body. And then I do a lot of training around clarifying the goals in the four biggest areas of their life and breaking them down into what we discussed in the beginning of this interview, which was structured rhythms, into daily habits, daily rituals, so that they walk out with what I call a peak performance plan for their life to accelerate the achievement of their goals. Now, it is a three-day event. It's a Friday through Sunday. The, The next one at the time of this recording is October 21st through the 23rd, and we have literally one spot left. I keep it very, and that's not a scarcity tactic. I keep it limited to twelve people, so it's very intimate. It's with twelve high-performing people, and so we've got eleven spots left, Um, and they can apply for the experience at www.fearlesslifeexperience.com. That's the website. I recommend watching the video trailer there to see, you know, footage of the event, to hear from past graduates, and then fill out the application. And the normal price is nineteen ninety seven, so $2,000. What I'd love to do, Greg, for your following is the offer of really amazing discount, which would be a 50% discount, so it would just be $9.97. Okay, super.
0: Well, we'll definitely put the links up, Peter, to the registration website, to your book website, and to um, your Facebook page as well, so people Thank you. can get more information about that. I appreciate you taking the time with us this morning on Inside Personal Growth to speak with my listeners. Um, for my listeners, we've been on with Peter L. Scott the Um His book is called The Fearless Mindset. There'll be a link to Amazon to the book as well. We'll also put a link to, like he said, uh, the current workshop that he's going to be training next week in North San Diego County. For all of these who are close by and want to attend that, uh, do get in touch with Peter about that. Uh, pleasure having you on, Peter. Uh, enjoyed our dialogue this morning about how to overcome our fears and get fit and be unstoppable. Thanks
1: so Thank much. Thank you, Greg. Really appreciate you.